Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Here we go. <laughs> the moment we've all been waiting for. Just kidding. Uh, okay, so let's talk about what we're discussing today. We, as, uh, we are starting a three-week series called Hope Delivered, um, and you saw, probably saw on your screen at home this bumper video that we had that Matt Wish made up, and it's super awesome. Everybody um, type in the chat, yeah, Matt, woo, and everybody here give him a round of applause. Matt did so good. And so we, we as a staff uh, want to encourage you, whether you're at home or if we figure out how to be here in person in the next couple of weeks, we want to uh, encourage you to make this a priority. The next three weeks are going to be super important because we believe in a year, 2020, as we all know, it's been so crazy. We believe that this um, series, this three-week series, Hope Delivered, will be life-changing for all of us. And it'll be kind of that light at the end of the tunnel, what hope is um, for our lives. And so um, as some of... Some of you know already, hope is what keeps us going, what keeps us stable, and we all need hope to move forward in life, amen? We all, we all need that, that, that light at the end of the tunnel, that thing that looks like it might just work out. It might just be okay, right? We all need that to be able to move forward in our lives. Hebrews six nineteen says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. And if you've ever heard the song that I wrote called uh, I Could Find You at the Well, the bridge is based off of that topic, right? The anchor of our soul. Think about that. When a boat is getting ready to dock or when things are getting crazy, they drop an anchor. Why? To find something secure. And so when life in 2020 is going crazy and everything around us is looking like there's no hope, we can drop anchor in Jesus, right? And, and, and no matter how big the waves are, no matter what's going on, our anchor is secure and we're in the right spot. Amen. And so as we navigate this topic of hope delivered, the special gift that we've been waiting for is Jesus. John 14, 6 says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So I kind of spoiled it. The big answer, what is hope, right? It's Jesus. He's, he's always been hope, right? When, 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 the, when the fall happened, right, in Genesis, and then we see all these stories of Noah and Abraham and Moses and all these things that go through and, and Job and right, all these Old Testament stories and David, all these things, and, and you see that there's this, this kind of hope for something better. There's always some, it could, it's good, but it could be better, right? And then Jesus comes as a baby in a manger, which we'll talk about on December 24th. <laughs> he comes, and, and, and what does he bring? He brings hope. He's the Messiah that everyone's been waiting for, and some people didn't notice he was there. Kind of like when Amazon drops a gift or a package off at your front door. Sometimes you don't even notice it's there for a while. Danielle and I were driving away to do a wedding last night, and as we're driving by, she sees on our front porch a, a, a package. And she's like, no, Amazon, right? We're driving past him. And I was, I was not stopping. I was like, we're going, right? We'll come back and get it. But that's, that, that's how Jesus is. Jesus is this hope delivered to us. And all we have to do is open that gift. Some of us have opened the gift, right? And we've never turned back and life has been so good. And Jesus impacts us everywhere that we go. Some of us have ne- didn't even know the gift was there. Some of us 
might today be making the decision to open that door, find that gift, and open it up, and, 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 and our lives be changed. And then some of us, if we could be honest, have opened this gift, started to encounter what this gift means, and then as life went on, put it up on a shelf, and it started collecting dust after a while. But no matter where we are, Jesus is still there. Jesus is our hope. Why? You might be asking if this is your first time ever tuning into a church service, you might be asking why does Jesus, this guy who seemingly lived and died 2,000 years ago, why is he hope? And the first answer I have to you is that he's not dead. Right? He's alive and, and his word is alive and, and, he, and he permeates through our world today and his Holy Spirit is living and active and, and, and working through us today. And that's why he is our hope. Second Corinthians 4.18 says, So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let me make this make sense. Right, we look for what is, we fix our eyes on what is unseen. That makes no sense. <laughs> right? Think about that. How do I look at something that's not there? What is there? It's just unseen. There's, there's, it's different. So we as humans, just like Jesus, are spirit and body. Right? Jesus is God, but he came as a baby, as a human, to live life kind of in our shoes and show us how to do this thing and to die on the cross as the ultimate sacrifice for our lives. And so just like Jesus, our bodies find fuel by food, water, exercise, sunlight, green machine uh, smoothies. I don't know. What else is there? (laughs) Kale, chips. Just kidding. The broccoli and Brussels sprouts Danielle always tries to make me eat, and I sneak them off my plate as she's not looking. Sorry. Love you. She cooks them amazing. I just, I'm weird. Um. So our bodies need those types of things, right? But our souls need desperately to be filled with something eternal. Why? Because our souls are eternal. After our bodies pass away, our souls will live on forever. Amen? Our spirits will live on forever. And our souls, because of their eternal nature, cannot be sustained only by physical temporal things. Our souls, because of their eternal nature, have to be sustained by eternal things. So this is our need and basis for Jesus, who is our hope. But here's the big question, and it might get kind of heavy in today's service, and that's okay. My dad will follow it up, hopefully in the next weeks, with a little more lighthearted of a message. But what happens in crisis? What happens when it doesn't go according to plan? What happens when everything 2020, hello, seems to turn upside down and everything, life as we knew it is so different. And, and, and what happens when people who are in third world countries fighting to live for Jesus and they're getting persecuted because that's not allowed in their country? What happens when it, it is not all roses and rainbows and unicorns and it's not all sunshiny and perfect? What happens then? How do we find hope? What happens when there's a global pandemic and people are sick and folks are losing their jobs and everyone's wondering what's supposed to happen and people don't 
think it's real and people think it's all too real and, and nobody can come to an agreement and everyone's yelling at each other online on Facebook and I see more Christians fighting each other on Facebook than, than going and making disciples. And I don't know about you, but I've never translated that scripture, go and make disciples, as stay at home and fight with Christians on Facebook. Right? It, so what, what happens, right, our souls get stirred up. What happens now? What, 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 where do we go? Where's the hope in that situation? Where is Jesus when I need him most? The topic of discussion for today, just like I mentioned, is this idea of finding hope in this crisis. Right? When things go wrong, i got to find hope in Jesus. But the title for my message today, and if you're taking notes, this is really my only point. Because of the two days notice, I figured I'd get one point <laughs> and get it really good. But my one point is, there's power in the pause. If you're taking notes, you can write that down. There's power in the pause. Now, what do I mean by pause? Think about this. Think about a long road trip. Who's ever been on a road trip in this room? Been on road trip? If, you're on the, if you're online, type in the chat. Oh, yeah, right? And you've been on this road trip, and road trips are only cool when you're older, <laughs> right? When you're older, you look back and you think, oh, that was really fun. But when you're a kid, even if you, if you say different, you're lying to me. But as you're a kid, road trips are miserable. The destinations are cool, but you're just sitting in a car thinking of everything you could possibly do to pass the time. Because your life has only lasted about six years at this point. Right, and so every hour that passes, that's a huge chunk of your life going away in a car trying to get to some place. And so you think to yourself, why the pause? What's going on? Right, and we ask that famous question that you guys might know, are we there yet? Right, if you're online, type in, are we there yet? And I'm not there yet, I'll get there, okay? But... There's long road trips or there's, there's waiting for brownies. I remember when my grandma used to cook brownies and, I, and I'd be sitting there and I'm just smelling the brownies. And my grandma, are they done yet? No, honey, you got to wait. Are they done yet? No. If you eat them right now, it's going to be gross. Are they done yet? No. But we know that everything that we've had to wait for is so much better because of that pause. Those brownies would not have been good if I <laughs> ate them three minutes after they were in the oven. Even though they smelled good. Right, the road trip would not have been good if we stopped a half a mile down the road at a friend's house and was like, well, that's it, that's our trip, right? Or like waiting for a package to get delivered. I remember when this pandemic first kicked off, everybody had already been ordering on Amazon and stuff like that. And so as everything is closed, we started ordering on Amazon a lot more. And so that two-day, one-day shipping that we are so used to all of a sudden turned into two, three, four weeks. And it's like everyone started using the bathroom more apparently because all the toilet paper is gone and so you start ordering toilet paper online and it doesn't come for a month and so you're trying to get creative and no, I'm just kidding but uh, but there's this waiting period Psalms 46:10 says be still and know that I am God I'll be exalted among the nations I'll be exalted in the earth be still and know that I am God. This scripture is such a good reminder for a reset. Can I get an amen? Right? Be still and know. Sometimes i got to do that to just reset my soul. When my, when my soul is at unrest, be still. When my family is quarreling at Thanksgiving, be still. 
When I lost my job and I'm having trouble, this is going to get real. When I lost my job and I'm having trouble trusting in Jesus and who he is, be still. But sometimes this stillness, or for the sake of today's message, this pause, is forced upon us and we don't even want it. Have you ever been there where you seem like, I've been waiting a long time and I'm ready God, for whatever you have next, and he's saying, no, I don't think you're ready yet. And you're like, but I am. Why is this wait, why is this stillness, why is this pause pushed on me? Let me show you what I mean. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to John chapter 11. We'll read a lot of this, so buckle your seatbelts, get comfy. (laughs) Uh, But it's never a bad thing to read scripture, amen? So John chapter 11. While you're turning there, I'll tell you a quick backstory. So uh, there's a man named Lazarus. I did that right. The youth made fun of me so bad last time. If you didn't know, I preached a similar message to this a couple weeks ago. That's how I was able to put this together in two days. I preached a similar message to our youth on this idea. And I keep, I have to fight with everything in me not to say Lazarus with a T-H at the end. Like Lazarus. And I don't know why. It's just, it's up there. Okay. So Lazarus was a man that Jesus befriended. Jesus was close to Lazarus and his family. It says in the Bible that Mary, his sister, was the woman who had poured out her perfume um, on, on his feet and washed on her hair and on his feet and washed her, all that kind of stuff. She poured it out on him, washed it with his feet, made him smell good. And everyone is, if we remember that story, everyone is all in an uproar. You know how expensive that perfume is. It's a year's wages, right? That's Mary, Okay. And I believe, if I'm correct, this is the same Mary as well as her sister Martha from the famous story of Mary. Um, not Mary's getting in trouble all the time. So, uh, But Mary got in trouble a little bit by Martha, not by Jesus, for not helping Martha prepare food and prepare things for Jesus. Right? So this is kind of, that's that family, okay? And so let's start in verse 4. Lazarus was sick and his sisters sent word to Jesus. Here's where we go. When he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. Okay, that's good news. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was for two more days. Okay, pause. Two things. First, the beginning of this says, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. And so I want to point out real quick that Jesus just gave a promise. He just delivered the hope. He says, this sickness will not end in death. He delivered the hope right there. But we'll see later in the story, just like many of us, when his plans don't go according to our plans, we forget the promise that Jesus said in the first place. Because Jesus stayed true to that word. This sickness will not end in death. There will will be death, but it won't end there, (laughs) right? He wasn't super clear, but like I said, when when his plans don't go according to our plan, we throw it all out. Well, maybe he was lying. Maybe, maybe Maybe it wasn't what he was supposed to do. But no, his promise is true, I promise. I said promise a lot right there, sorry. Second, Jesus waited. He knew Lazarus was sick. And he waited two more days to even leave 
Not two days to get there, two days to leave. So he waited like four or six days to get there. What happens when Jesus doesn't show up in time? Like I said, what happens if Jesus doesn't follow my plan? What happens if Jesus doesn't follow my five-year plan that I laid out and it's so well prepared and this is what's going to happen and then what if he doesn't show up in time? What if he's not there when I want him to be? Where's the hope in that time of waiting? And I'm sure Mary and Martha are asking, why did Jesus have to wait? Why? Why did he have to wait? We told him. And he waited two days for what? What did he do for two days? Why did he have to wait? Because there's power in the pause. Let's continue. So then, a little later, Jesus decides to, along with his disciples, go back to Judea. Let's pick up in verse 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been dead in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you have been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask, Jesus said. So then Jesus said, your brother will rise again. So here, this is really interesting, because Jesus delivers the hope for a second time. He says at the beginning, this will not end in death. And he says right here, your brother will rise again. But she says, Martha says back to him, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Sometimes Jesus' miracles don't make all that much sense to us, but it still is going to happen. Even if, it, even if you can't fathom how it's going to happen, trust that his promises are true today, church. Martha, like many of us, try to make the promise say what we think it says and not what Jesus already said. So I ask you today, what has Jesus promised you? What has he been speaking to you? His promise still stands, even if it doesn't come when you thought it would. It still stands. Great is his faithfulness. So Mary comes to Jesus as well as many other Jews, and they were all weeping. Jesus was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. And then the shortest but maybe the most profound scripture in the Bible comes next. So he walks up, and Mary is weeping, and her friends are weeping, and Martha's weeping, and there's this immense sadness. And I told you, I'm sorry, this message is a little heavy, but it's how do we find hope in crisis? And they, 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 come and, they say, Jesus, come and see. And when Jesus gets there, verse 35 simply says, Jesus wept. And like I said, it's the shortest scripture in the Bible, but it might just be the most profound. Jesus wept. I can promise you today, Jesus sees you. He feels your pain. He rejoices in your victories, but he feels when you're down in the dumps. And he's there with you. He knows what you're going through. Jesus knew the miracle was about to happen and that he was going to perform it, and he still wept. Think about that. Jesus is seeing all this sorrow, and he knows that he's about to end that sorrow. 
He's about to call Lazarus out. And he still wept. Why? Because even if the promise is delivered in God's timing, Jesus knows the pain you went through to get there. And he feels it. Even if that promise comes someday, Jesus knows what you're going through. Jesus knows that job that you might have lost during this pandemic. Jesus knows that loved one you might have lost during this pandemic. Jesus knows the sickness maybe that you've gone through. Jesus knows the, the, the family that you haven't talked to in a couple months because of this election and all that kind of Jesus knows what you're going through, and he weeps with you. Jesus is our hope. So then, as many of us know, Jesus calls Lazarus out of the grave, and he walks to finally meet his family and friends, and the, the promise that Jesus gave, the hope that he delivered was fulfilled, amen? And so there's a happy ending at the end. He calls Lazarus out, and everything happens to be good in that moment. So why the pause? Why did Jesus wait? Why did Lazarus die? Why did he let Mary and Martha lose hope? Why did, he, why did they have to go through that? Because there's power in the pause. Sometimes we don't know that Jesus is all we need until he's all we have. Sometimes Jesus needs to wait for us to not have any more answers or suggestions so he can have his way. God is so good. And his ways are much better than ours. Let me give you an example. So, uh, before I tell the story, and I'll try to keep it together. Before I tell the story, many of you watching online or here in person, husbands, wives, couples, uh, you might have been through this. And so, it's not to say that I'm, that Danielle and I are the only ones that went through a hard time. We're, we're, I'm telling this story to say I feel you too <laughs> and, and that there's hope in a crisis. And so in, in June, July, um, my wife found out she was pregnant and it was such a good time, such a glorious time. And a couple months later, August, September-ish, um, things went south and uh, we were on vacation and we had to leave the vacation and and uh, Danielle was in the hospital for about five hours all by herself because of COVID. And, and we, we lost our baby. And she had a miscarriage. And it was just this really tough time. Really, really tough. It, we were asking why. Not wondering, wondering kind of what was going on. Jesus, where are you in this crisis? Where's the hope in this? I thought this was the promise that you gave us. The dreams that we had. Danielle told me maybe the most profound thing I've ever heard in my life. She said she often wants to go back to that place. Why? Because she's never felt closer to God. So from firsthand experience, it'll get better. I know I'm crying right now because it's emotional, but it'll get better. Jesus uses all things for good. And, and, and some of the people closest around us would say that maybe in these last couple months, 
there's they've seen the most growth in Danielle and I. Why? Because we just had to trust Jesus. We just had to walk with him through this thing. His promise still stands. Jesus is coming and there's power in the pause. There's power in the waiting for us to have children. There's power in the waiting for Mary and Martha for their brother to live. And just how God is using our story to minister to people today, Lazarus was not the only person who came back to life that day. The disciples came back to life. Mary and Martha came back to life. The the Jews that were around them came back to life. Why? Because they saw life happen. And none of that would have happened unless the pause happened. And so if you're in the pause right now and you're wondering, God, why? Is this happening? Why is there crisis? Why am I waiting? Why is the promise you gave me not here yet? Because maybe someone else's life is getting changed too along the way. Maybe you're not the only one that promises for. Maybe Jesus wants you to take a whole grip of people to that promise. There's a reason even if we don't know it. God works all things out for good for those who love him. So why the pause? Because we need to trust God more. Amen, church? We need to trust God more. So I'm going to give the ability to respond in two different ways. And I talked about the package being delivered, and it rolls up on your front porch. Some of us have opened the gift and never turned back, and the gift is awesome, and it influences every aspect of our life. And the gift I'm talking about is Jesus. Some of us didn't even know the package was there, and and we're and we're watching today's message and like, wow, this is so great because my life has been in shambles and I really want that gift. And some of us have opened the gift, experienced it for a while and then put it up on the shelf to collect dust. And so with every head bowed and eyes closed in this place and at home, I want to give you an opportunity, whether you're the person that has didn't even know the gift was there or you're the person that opened it and put it away. I want to give you an opportunity to find that hope again. I want to give you the opportunity to have Jesus flow through everything in your life. And so if that's you, you don't need to type in the chat or anything, unless you want to, unless you're overcome with joy and you want to tell everybody and shout at the rooftops that you've accepted Jesus again, you can type that in the chat. But but all, all you need to do is just, just know it in your heart. The Bible says that if we trust that Jesus is Lord and, and, and believe it in our heart, that we will be saved, that he died on the cross for our sins and rose again. So right now we're going to sing a song called Sinking Deep. And I thought it was so so prevalent for this message because sinking deep in this song is supposed to be a good thing. I'm sinking deep. I'm falling deep into his love. But what happens when we're sinking deep in other circumstances and we feel like we're under and we feel like we're drowning and we feel like there's no hope? Let's sing this song together, but before we do, let me pray over all all of you who have accepted Christ today. So if you're one of those who accepted Jesus, just believe this with me, and you will be saved. Amen? Jesus, we ask you right now that you would come into our lives, into our heart, change us from the inside out. God, in a world where everything seems to be crashing down, and some of us have been, been blessed enough to have a relatively good life through this whole thing but for those of us that haven't God we, and everything is closing in around us God we just are so grateful for your hope 
And so as we ask, God, that you would come into our lives and change us from the inside out, and we believe in our hearts that you died on the cross for our sins, God, we pray that from this day forward, there would be hope. From this day forward, we would reach out and find your hand. God, that we would would walk with you and talk with you and get to know you. And when we fall, you pick us up. And Jesus, we just pray that in every moment that we live, God, you are there with us. So we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.